0: um you are in for a treat today i am going to be sharing the word today (laughs) just want to introduce myself there and uh thank you really thank you for uh allowing me to share i uh am the children's pastor middle school pastor here and i just love coming to big kid church this is uh this is just a treat thank you i really am humbled and honored just to be able to share Uh, i've done it a few times now and uh this is just a treat and I just wanted Dad to be able to rest this weekend and, and enjoy. So, happy birthday, Dad. And uh, we had a great Easter last weekend, didn't we? We packed out the place and, uh, you know, I know it's not Easter, but hey, you can still come to church. That's what our sign should have said. And uh, no, uh, it is good. I'm so glad you are here today. Uh, I hope you're blessed. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about faith. And uh, the scriptures this week uh, talked about doubting Thomas, and um, I want to get into those passages, and uh, let me just say, starting out, that I love working with children, and there's something about a faith of a child, that innocence, just that they love Jesus because they love Jesus. They don't know why, they just know that they're loved, and um, I love a child's faith, and I'm going to have Travis come up at this time. I think we have a mic for him right up here. He's going to share a testimony, and let me tell you, it's so true when Jesus said, uh, unless you have faith like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so listen to this testimony and be blessed. Thank you, Travis, for sharing.
1: All right, I have a friend named Carter, and I've known him for five years, and I found out a few years ago that he did not believe in God, and I was crushed when I found out. So I've been praying for two years that he would come to believe in God, and I've invited him to many church events, like expeditions, and it was always a big, fat no. So the weekend before Easter, God told me to invite him to the Easter service. So I brought the flyer home, and I wrote a note on the back to invite him. So after that, I rode my my bike to his house to invite him. My mom didn't want me to exactly, because she was worried about me being disappointed if he gave me a big, fat no again. So... She was preparing me for the possibility of him saying no. So later at AC I was getting ready for bed and I heard my phone ding. So it was Carter and he texted me that he wanted to go to the Easter service but he needed a ride. So we picked him up and brought him to church on Saturday night. So I learned that I shouldn't ignore a calling from God because it can change someone's life.
0: I'm going to invite Travis just to stay for a moment. Um, Thank you Travis for sharing. I'm just going to uh ask you a couple questions to remind us how many years have you been asking carter to come to church two years two years and how often do you think you ask carter to come to church just a approximate
1: pretty often maybe like once a month
0: once a month you just keep checking in and let me just ask you one last question travis what kept you from not getting discouraged you just kept asking uh carter to come to church
1: Because when we all get to heaven, I want to be able to see him there. I don't want to be missing him.
0: Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Thank you, Travis, so much. I love you, buddy. That's a good response. What great faith this morning. And um, I hope that encouraged your heart. I love Travis. I love all our young people at our church. Thank you, Travis, for not giving up and obeying the voice of God. That's so important. And so this morning, I want to talk about the benefit of the doubt. And actually, before I go into my sermon, I, Aunt Jody, uh, Travis's mom, gave me a little uh, sheet of paper to read because she wants to give her side of this. Because uh, Travis alluded to the fact that she was, uh, you know, hesitant and she had her doubts. So this is a part of Aunt Jody's testimony. Uh, Carter has been on Travis's heart for years. He's prayed. With, we've prayed as with Travis as a family for Carter. Travis has been disappointed because of his teasing and refusal to listen about God. When Travis told me that God told him to ask Carter, my mom heart sank. I honestly tried to talk him out of it. When it all played out, I immediate, uh, my immediate feeling was to drop to my knees and apologize for my lack of faith. And uh, I just want to say that Aunt Jody's a great mom, and I, uh, and, but we, don't we all have our doubts? Don't we all have our doubts? How many of you here would say, I've I've had a doubt about God? And uh, if we're honest, everybody would raise their hand. But how many of you here can testify to the faithfulness of God? Amen. So He is faithful within our doubt. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to have two points to start off my message. Um, Number one, we have to give God the benefit of our doubt. And I believe there's two ways we can doubt. One, we could doubt towards towards God, or we could doubt away from God. We could doubt with the idea in mind that God's for us and not against us, that he he is with us in our current circumstance, even when we doubt him. Or we could doubt away from God and just say, I reject God altogether. And I encourage you to doubt to the notion that God is for you not against you. And the benefit, number two, the benefit of doubting, it has the potential to increase our faith. It has the potential to increase our faith. And, And if you are doubting or you know someone who is far from God, they're doubting, they just don't know about this, I encourage you to pray for them and just remind them of the truth that God's with them even now in their doubt. That God doesn't give up on us even if we would doubt Him. That He loves us long before we came to Him for salvation. Amen? And uh, Thomas doubted towards the notion that God was real and that Jesus really did rise from the grave. And I challenge you to doubt towards God. And as you look to the story of Thomas, Jesus went out of his way to show Thomas that he was real and that he was for him. And my big question for you today is this. What do you want God to do for you in your life? And I believe that God's real, that he's for you, that he loves you more than you'll ever know. But at the same time, I believe we each have a present need that contributes to our doubt. And like, God, why would you let this happen? We've all been there. I've said it. We've said it. Everyone uh, here has doubted God. But I believe that Jesus will go out of his way to show you that he loves you, that he cares about you. And that he cares about your present need. And he did it for Thomas. I believe he'll do it for you. I want to make a point today that the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. The opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. It's thinking that we have everything figured out. And it's okay to doubt. I think as a church and as a Christian culture, we said, hey, doubting's not good. We looked at doubting times, don't doubt. But I want our young people to question why they believe, what they believe, and to not have a hand-me-down faith from their parents or from their church, but to have a faith of their own that I make Jesus Christ my personal Savior. How many of you agree with that today? And uh, I'm very... uh, of kids doubting in that. They don't doubt that God, I reject this altogether. I reject the church. I don't want to come here anymore. But they say, you know what, this is hard, but I want to wrestle with this idea of who God is for me in my life and the present circumstances that they're facing. And I love praying for kids, and I remember there was one individual that I was praying for, and I said, let me just pray that this situation you're in will just pass, and God will, uh, you know, help you in this present circumstance so that you would have a God encounter. I really think that young people need uh, God to be so real in their present circumstances, not something that was handed to them. And um, there was a book that I read by Lisa Gunger uh, that was called The Most Beautiful Thing I've Ever Seen. And they're a part of a band called Gungor, her and her husband. And they wrote a song called Beautiful Things. And you might have heard it on Caleb. It goes, uh, you make beautiful things out of the dust. And uh, it's a great song. And have you ever heard someone say something along the lines of, I'm trying to discover my own truth. Have you heard that? I'm trying to find my own truth. And uh, And that's kind of what this book was talking about. She tried everything besides Jesus. Or she had Jesus and she kind of walked away. She's like, well, I'm going to find out who God is uh, apart from God and his word. And I think that's very dangerous. And I was just waiting throughout the book for her to be like, yeah, I tried meditation. I tried, you know, getting into nature. She tried all these things, Buddhism and and all these things. I mean, just all these religions you could think of. And I, I can't remember it all, but let me tell you that she never came around to the notion that God was for her and that Jesus loved her and she she went away from that altogether and it really discouraged me and I came to this realization that I'm not impressed by people uh, who try to find their own truth. I know that's very popular, I know that's what's in uh, but it's really hard for me uh, when I see young people get away from Jesus because I know that they're going to try everything else and they're going to check off a list and I just want them to come back to Jesus and I know He's the truth, uh, and here's why. And not because I drink water, but I I need that. Uh, I really want to say this. I really believe that Jesus died on the cross, that He rose from the grave and that he was really here with us, that this isn't something I just uh, um, believe in faith, but as I re- reflected on the Easter story, I read a book by Lee Strobel, A Case for Easter, and just this idea that a man named Jesus walked this earth and that he was—he uh, said he's the Son of God or he alluded to the fact that he was the Son of God and he predicted that he was going to die and rose, rise from the grave. And that Jesus, with all his beatings, he couldn't have uh, stayed alive after that, that he really did die. A man named Jesus died, and in three days, people, multiple people saw him rise from the grave. And just like you see me preach right now, you can't deny the fact that many people saw Jesus. You can't hallucinate that. So my question is, if Jesus died, if he rose from the grave, and he says he loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you, what are you going to do about it? And so Jesus is real, and I believe him. When in his lifetime, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. What an audacious claim, unless you're the Son of God and you died on the cross and you rose from the grave. That's it. And so I sympathize with people who are trying to find their own truth. I understand that, but I want people to find Jesus because I truly believe he's the only one who can satisfy the soul and set people free. And so today I want to talk about Doubting Thomas, and I want to call him not Doubting Thomas. I don't like that. I'm going to call him Believing Thomas. And my question, oh excuse me, uh, let me let me give you two frames of reference for Thomas. Number one, to the skeptic, Doubting Thomas is seen as a good guy, someone who uh, would doubt. Someone who is analytical would say, yes, of course he is uh, just looking at Jesus and having a curious mind. And my question for our nation and our lives is that: is this, how can God work in our lives if we have everything figured out? I'm going to take off my jacket. I'm really preaching now. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm getting a little hot up there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, oof, I, I hope this cord doesn't bother you in the back, but I, uh, I needed to do that. So, Yeah, get a drink, get a drink, let's do this. Thank you, thank you. Have faith in me, don't doubt. Um, And uh, how can God work in our lives if we have everything figured out? And I, I do believe that God can penetrate our minds and get past our carnal mindset, but we really have to fully surrender our whole life, our whole mind to God. And if we think we have it all figured out, I truly believe that's the opposite of faith. And... Uh, Charles Taylor, a philosopher, said, Why was it virtually impossible not to believe in God in 1500 in our Western society, while in the year 2000, many of us find this not only easy, but even inescapable? And Taylor talks about an imminent frame, the view that our world is completely natural without any supernatural. That means we are deemed ourselves self-sufficient with no need to look to God for revelation. Revelation. And what that means simply is this, is that we have determined that we can live what I call a status quo life without God. We can pay the bills on time, we can get medicine when we need, we can go to the doctor, we can go to the grocery store, we have it good at times. But at the same time, I want some super in my natural. I need God. I don't want to live a status quo life. I don't believe that I have it all together. I desperately need God. God. I have no clue how God uses me like he does because I get so nervous before I go up to share. But it's the presence of God. I always say, God, I come weak to the pulpit, and it's so true. And that's my life verse. I can do all things through Christ. who Oh, that's, that is a good one. Mine is actually um, uh, in my weakest moment. That's when I'm truly strong. Amen. In uh, 2 Corinthians. So, uh, but that's a good one too. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. And uh, for the Christian, on the other hand, um, for the Christian, for some reason, we think of Doubting Thomas as the bad guy. How many of you have ever heard someone say, oh, you're just a Doubting Thomas? Or, or, or you've heard, maybe you called someone a Doubting Thomas. And, and we, we, hear, we hear this thrown about, and it is almost like the same, or same way of saying this. Let me, let me tell you another thing that people say is nice going Einstein. Have you ever heard that, nice going Einstein? You know, you're at Woodfield Mall and you park the car somewhere, you don't know where it is, oh, nice going Einstein. And, and that is no credit to who that man was, and that is no compliment, and I don't know why we do it, <laughs> but it's the same thing about doubting Thomas. He had one moment of doubt, and we look at him like a bad guy, where I think it's very healthy and good to question why we believe what we believe. And I don't think doubting is a bad thing. Even Jesus, on his way to the cross, said, Father, is there any other way? Not that he would doubt and go away from God's will and his plan, but that we must really consider, is God's way the best way? And unless unless someone told us that and we believe it, then that's not really ours, is it? But if we've been through some hard times, and if we can say God is faithful in the midst of it, that in my doubt he still loves me, well then we can have all the confidence in our God. And I want to review the story of Thomas. And Thomas um, was bold for Jesus. He changed the world for Jesus. Grandpa and I go to India, and in India, uh, there are so many people called Thomas. We have Matthew Thomas, who's going to be here next week to share. And it's because uh, Thomas went over to India and preached the gospel We know this from other sources besides the Bible, and it's amazing. Um, And so Thomas had this moment of doubt, and we have to broaden our perspective of doubt and who Thomas was. And I want to tell these stories kind of like I tell stories in children's church. Can I do that? Be a little animated, have some fun with this. And uh, We didn't have readings this morning. I, I, I pray, Wyatt, if you're watching, you feel better. He was going to be my... Reader, but I'm going to just tell the story today. And um, many people associate Thomas with the phrase Downy Thomas. His reputation seems to have a negative connotation to it. And Downy Thomas is just man's invention. So let's let's do this. Um, and so all the disciples are in the upper upper room and they're hanging out and and but they're but they're really afraid because uh, they they killed their Jesus, their master, their their Lord. And so how the Jewish leaders are probably going to go after them. That's what they're thinking. So they're afraid. And all of a sudden, boom, Jesus is there. And and the party came to life, no pun intended. The party was there. Jesus was here. And he starts teaching them like nothing ever happened. And so the disciples get excited. You can imagine this. And and Thomas was getting hummus or something in, in the fields. Or something. I don't know, not the fields. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I would tell the kids that and they would believe me like, whoa, hummus in the fields. And, uh, and so Thomas is elsewhere, and, and the disciples approach him and say, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas is like, I am so distraught. I am so hurt. He, said, he goes so far to say, I will not believe unless I see the, the holes in where they pierced his hands and put my fingers in them and place my hand in his side. And so he's just doubting. He's just thinking about all these things. And then they're all hanging out again, and Jesus appears. And you've got to catch this moment that he goes out of his way to Thomas. And he says, here, Don't be faithless any longer, believe. Put your fingers in my hands. Place your hand in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, believe. And so my big question for you today is what do you want God to do for you? Just like Jesus went out of his way for Thomas, what do you want God to do for you? Because we have our doubts and we really... um, We have a mindset towards God with our present circumstances. If times are really good and we're feeling good, God's good. But during the times of doubt and confusion and hurt, it's really something going on inside of your heart and something you're facing right now. So I I just want you to start giving that to God and thinking about what that circumstance is. And I want to say this. You may have your doubts but never stop believing that God has a plan for your life. You may have your doubts, but never stop believing that God has a plan for your life. And there's a story in Scripture. I'm um, a man who had a son who had an unclean spirit in him. And he asked, and Jesus said to him, um, excuse me, he said to Jesus, I do believe, help me in my unbelief and we we say we all believe but sometimes we need help in our unbelief in our doubts and I want to look at a second story of Thomas and this story is often overlooked and it's in John 11 and I want to um, share it the same way I shared the other story in that Jesus wants to go back to Judea to um, raise Lazarus from the grave to do this miracle and all the disciples are saying, no, Jesus. You remember the last time you went to Judea? And maybe you haven't heard, but Jesus was going to be stoned in Judea. And, and, and he was going to be stoned last time. So are like, Jesus, we don't want to go back. And you have Peter over here saying, Jesus, we don't want to go, you know, the loud mouth. He's just saying, Jesus, what about this? And, and Jesus said, uh, well, Lazarus is asleep. We need to wake him up. Of course, he was dead at the time. And, but he's like, oh, if he's sleeping, he'll just wake up. And, and then Jesus is like, come on, guys, let's go. And, and in, in all this chaos, you have Thomas that speaks up in the middle of the crowd, and he says, let us go to and die with Jesus. Let us go to and die with jesus isn't that powerful that this is the man who doubted and i I often overlook this verse but it's like so clear to me that we have to give everything to jesus it's all or nothing it's a exchange for life for life that he gave up his life on the cross for me now i give my life back to him and um you know it's it's so clear to me that in scripture this is the mantra this is our cry as the Christian that it doesn't matter what happens in this life. I know I have my doubts. I know there are things right in front of me right now, but I look to Jesus every step of this way cuz I want to be with him in paradise. The present sufferings of this world cannot compare to the glory that's going to be revealed to us in Christ. Jesus. Amen. And that's why we have joy uh, in taking up our cross and following Jesus every single day. And let's say that together. Let's repeat this phrase, let us go to and die with Jesus. Let us go to and die with Jesus. That's the cry of a man who doubted Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You may have your doubts, but I encourage you to give your life solely and completely to Jesus Christ. And this is what uh, Thomas was saying, if this is what the Master wants, if this is what we must do, what are we arguing about? What does it matter even if we die with him? And Thomas was serious about following Jesus even if that meant losing his life. And our life's purpose is to follow God even if that means leaving our lives. We see this in the dedication and life of Thomas. And so we're talking about the benefit of the doubt. We need to give God the benefit of the doubt. We need to doubt towards the notion that God is for us, that he's with us, that he loves us. And number 2, we have to the benefit of doubting is that it has the potential to increase our faith. And I'm going to give you a third one as we close here or just come to the end of this is Uh, We must trust God with our past, our present, and our future. And I believe that you may have your doubts, but you can still trust God in the midst of it, that He's still with you. And our reading uh, this weekend was from Revelation chapter 1, and I want to read you the verses we have for this uh, weekend. And it says, um, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve God and Father. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him. Even those who pierced Him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of Him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the God, Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Amen. We have a God who says, I'm the Almighty One. And I want you to notice two things from the, these verses. Number one, I want you to notice the tenses of these verbs. Uh, one, that He loves us. This is a present, continuous action. The past, present, and future love of God. That he, you know, Your past is forgiven, your present, He's with you, and your future is secured in Christ. And we are washed by the blood. This is a past, present, and future. And this means that whatever you've done in the past, whatever you're doing now, or whatever you will do is forgiven. And you may have your doubts, but that is always true if we place our faith in Jesus. And I'm going to invite Leanne to come at this time. We'll, uh, we'll conclude uh, with this thought. Um, I, I truly believe that we may have our doubts But perfect love casts out all fear. As we look to Jesus and the cross, and we have this time of Easter, um, we we recognize that His love is so high, it's so deep, it's so wide, it's so far-reaching, and that as we recognize how much we're loved, our fears, our doubts kind of fall on the wayside. And it says in Romans 5.8, and this is the verse I want to just key on for our conclusion in that, you are loved. Um, Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before you can know what the cross did for you and, and the ramifications it has for your life, you have to recognize your need for the cross. And so what I want to do is I want to just go over the passion narrative and show you how we were the sinners. We're the ones who put Jesus on the cross. And we have, at the first week before the cross, we have people laying down palm branches here, and they're making a way for a king that's going to come humbly on a donkey. And they're paving the way, and they're saying, Hosanna! Glory to God in the highest! And they're paving a way for a king... And, and the next week, that week, they start saying, crucify him, crucify him. What a switch. And I look in the crowd and I realize, that's me. That's you. That's all of us. We put Jesus on the cross. And our, in Acts it says, we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. This is the Pharisees talking to the disciples Yet you have filled Jerusalem with this teaching and you're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. You know what's funny? Is that when Pilate was on the stage, he said, he washed his hands clean of the sacrifice of Jesus or of Jesus and he says, "I find no fault in him." That Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. And he said, "I'm not guilty of this man's blood." And then the Pharisees down below said, "Hey, we'll take this man's blood." And they're trying to take Jesus's blood off him, but we're all guilty of Jesus being on the cross, and I look a little closer, and that's me. And that's you. That's all of us. And the Last Supper, it says in Matthew, then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, you have said so. And while they were eating, Jesus broke bread, and he had given thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. And I want to just make it clear that Judas ate the Last Supper too. In fact, all of his disciples would desert him when he was arrested. And I look closely at who that is, and that's me, and that's you, and that's all of us. While we were still sinning, Christ died for us. And they they persecuted my Lord, and they, they, they whipped him, and they whipped his flesh out and put crown of thorns on his head, and you could hardly recognize him as human. You put him on the stage, and you have Barnabas on one side, Barabbas, excuse me, and he is a guilty man. You have an innocent man, Jesus, and you have a guilty man here. And let me give you a description of Barabbas. Barabbas was a crook. He was a thief. He was a thug. He was a murderer. And you have Jesus over here not saying a word. And they say, who do you want? They say, give us Barabbas. We want Barabbas. And so Barabbas gets off the stage. And If you look a little closer who Barabbas is, it's me. It's you. It's all of us because Jesus was crucified for us, and we get to go home free. And there was never a moment where he looked back to Jesus and recognized what he did, but he kept on sinning. But you know what? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the message. And so Jesus is on the cross, and this is the last scene I'm going to give you. And he's hanging on the cross, and people are mocking him. They're saying, Hey, he could save others, but he can't save himself. And as he's going to the cross, they they beat him and say, Hey, Lord, person, or yeah, Jesus prophesy, who's beating you, and they're just making fun of him. I get so mad, but then I look a little closer at who is in the crowd, and that's me. That's you. It's all of us. But you know what he said on the cross? While we were still sinning right in front of him, he said, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. Isn't that powerful? Even in our doubts, even when we reject Jesus and God altogether, he loves us like crazy. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Jesus declares, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That means he's the beginning and the end. Who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. My big question for you today is what do you want Jesus to do for you? Jesus went out of his way for Thomas. I believe he'll do the same thing for you. So I want you to reflect on what you need right now. I just want you to pray. Just cry out to God in your own voice. Just speak to him now. I believe he'll meet you right where you're at. And I believe that if we want to just face our doubts head on, we just got to tackle what's right in front of us. Make it known to God. Say, God, help me in my unbelief. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. We can trust God with our past, our present, and our future. And I want to make it clear that you don't have to know about everything that's going to happen. That's the opposite of faith. Just know that he loves you. And he loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. you. There's no reason. He just does. So receive it this morning. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray for every person in this room that they would know in this moment that they're loved. God, just extend your arm to each circumstance in this room. By your mighty hand, I pray that provision would be made in the name of Jesus, that people would be set free in the name of Jesus, that addictions would be broken in the name of Jesus, people would be healed in the name of Jesus. Whatever's right in front of them, Lord, you know each need, and you love us like crazy. So, like children that are just loved by their daddy, we just call on your name and say, hear us from heaven, Lord. Forgive us and heal our land, Lord. Just make us new, God. We need you. We can't do this on our own. And Jesus, we look to you today. You're the author and finisher of our faith. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us even when we doubted. And as a cry from our church, from everyone here and everybody watching, we just say, Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you all stand this morning? Yeah, you can give them a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. Can you stand this morning? I want to give you the blessing. And let me tell you, just talk to me after. If you need prayer, I'd love to just pray for you. And uh, if you have made a decision to follow Jesus, we got bags on each side with a Bible and more information moving forward. And uh, I'd just love to hear from you this morning. And at this time, we're also going to make it known that uh, you can go right outside, and we're going to party with Pastor Daryl for his birthday we're gonna have some cake. And if you have any cards and presents, you can just give it to him. I know he loves it. No, he doesn't like the attention, do you, Dad? No? No, he loves it. No, he does. The more the merrier. So we'll just we'll just love on him today.